Hello, and welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. This is Penny Sansevieri with my ever awesome co-host, Amy Cornell. And if I sound funny, I am still uh, in Belgium. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I feel like this should be one of those. We are on day number 1,654. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so- I am- Still in Belgium. <laughs> I'm still in Belgium. So I don't have my recording equipment with me, and that's why it, maybe I sound a little funny. Or hopefully, hopefully our awesome sound guy will be able to fix if I, if, I, if I sound tinny. I was really excited about the show. I have to say, um, I want to obviously remind everybody: please review our podcast. We love reviews, but every you know, I get excited about every show, but this show in particular. I was really excited about because Amy and I, we have stories and we're not going to share them all on the podcast. Well, maybe one or two, but maybe we need a Patreon for the, for the really good stuff. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, seriously, we need, or you know what? I'll tell you something, buy us a cocktail and we'll tell you our stories. I'm just, That's I'm true. Kidding. We're, we're pretty cheap actually. Pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> buy us a glass of wine and some cheese and we'll tell you our stories. Um, but, but one of the, and this is actually a real, I mean, even though I started off kind of a little lighthearted. It is a very important topic, um, getting help with your book tasks. And I'm not talking about hiring a marketing and publicity firm such as our company, um, but I mean hiring somebody to help you with your day-to-day stuff because a lot of authors jump into this and are afraid of the details or you maybe you don't know how to upload your book to KDP and maybe you're not a good learner related to online stuff. And it is it is kind of a big thing in our industry um, that authors struggle with things, and there's no shame in the struggle, right? Because we're not always not everybody is good at all the things, and that's why you hire somebody, for example, to design your website, to do your PR and marketing, and also to take care of some of the day to day stuff that you um, don't have the time, or or that you really don't have the bandwidth to learn, right? Absolutely. You know, when you're launching your author brand, and I want to be clear, this actually starts with your first book. Like once you put anything out there and you're calling yourself an author, that's the start of your brand. So it's not like I'll start my brand in five years once I figured this all out. (laughs) Your brand starts with when you're first out there for, and you want people to start finding your work. But anyway, it's just like starting a business. We've done episodes on this before, and they're really worth going back and listening to. And it's really hard to do everything on your own. Anybody that started a business and tried to do everything on their own knows where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. But especially when you're starting in an industry that's brand new to you, because a lot of times when you start a business, it's because you actually know something about what you're doing, but that is not typically the case when you, when you decide to become an author, most people have no idea what they're doing. And as Penny said, that's the norm. That's fair. So no shame in that at all. But the reality is most authors just don't have the option to be just an author either. You know, you're juggling a lot of other things. You have another job, you have families, you have, you know what I mean? And getting some support on the smaller, but critical day-to-day things can make such a huge difference. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, you know, we're not experts on VAs, VA meaning virtual assistants, but we've hired some who have not, we've hired some virtual assistants who have actually not been virtual assistants. And this is part of the reason why we felt that the show was important because it's pretty easy these days to put out a a quote unquote shingle and say, I'm a virtual assistant, but not all of them are created equal. 
No, that's that's absolutely right. You know, and, and I think the first major step, Penny, is and and we kind of figured this out too by trial and error is really understanding what you need help with. Yeah. You know, because it's one thing to say, like, I need help. But if you don't really know what those specific tasks are, it makes this a lot more difficult to manage. And if you need help with everything, then be sure you find someone who's been in the industry for a while, you know, and can guide you to some degree. Because there's a big difference between a VA that is signing on because they're ready to take your explicit direction when you need them to do something and you say, do this, do that. But then there's another, a whole other category is, is signing on with a VA because they have an actual specialty that they're bringing to the table to fill in uh, gaps in, in your knowledge or your ability. Right. And good virtual assistants generally do have a specialty. I mean, not all of them. But many VAs just focus on, you know, they might just focus on social content or social media, while others can help with your calendar, your website updates, or other technical type things. So it's good to know, it's good to find out what their specialty is in particular and what you need help with right from the right from the start. Yeah, that's a very good point because we saw a lot of that during COVID where people mm-hmm. were trying to reinvent themselves as VAs, which you know, the motivation is admirable, but, you know, someone who is going to be working very closely with you on, on your business essentially needs to be a good fit, you know, both in their personality type and in their skill set. So, so, you know, to your point, Penny, like understanding what they're bringing to the table and also understanding what you explicitly need help with is very important in starting the interview process and finding that, that initial step in potentially finding the right pool of individuals to talk to. Yeah, that's absolutely a good. That that's a very good point because um I really my personal recommendation is is don't enter into a long-term contract with them until you know how well you work together and how well they work for you. And this is where the quote unquote we have stories kind of comes in because we've had people <laughs> and Amy's like laughing and her laughter is the one of this nervous, hysterical trauma <laughs> laughter. <laughs> like because we've just seen, I mean in the 21 years that that I've been in business and in the 11 years that Amy has worked with me, we have seen some people who just vanish. And I, and I'm not trying to say this to be scary or like, Oh my gosh, they did the show on virtual assistants. And now I'm too scared to hire one. That's not really the point of it, (laughs) but you know, we've had virtual assistants that have vanished. We've had them that oversold themselves. We've had them that, you know, so one of the things that that taught both Amy and myself is you really do not want to sign on the dotted line for something that's really any longer than a month, even if you can go, you know, a week at a time um, to, you know, to test somebody out um, to see how they do. And that way, if it's not a good match, if, you know, or for whatever other reason that they don't, you know, that, that you don't sync up well together to work together, then you can just go on and find somebody else. Right. And that's a good point. Like you do, it's like, you know, you have to figure out who fits and, and to that being prepared for that, you know, I definitely encourage you to establish, you know, a clear structure for how you communicate, Mm -hmm. when you want them to check in, what those check-ins need to include, what your expectations are for turnaround times. You know, the fewer assumptions anyone has to make on either side, the better. Um, We've done a lot of episodes on the importance of planning and being Mm -hmm. prepared and doing your research this year, just across the board for what, you know, that how important that is for being an author and being successful as an author, I should say, more importantly. 
And that goes along with potentially bringing on a VA is that the more you can outline and educate yourself on what you need, what you want, I think the better, you know, you're giving yourself a better chance to potentially find somebody that fits too versus bringing somebody on and kind of winging it. Absolutely. And I just want to, I don't mean to interrupt you, Amy, but, but this is really where Amy is so good at organization, organization and, and she created a lot of structure. Well, I would say all the structure that the company has, but, but one of the things, and we use a system called Basecamp and Amy, I want you to elaborate on that a little bit more. Um, but one of the things that we have learned is that even if you are hiring a seasoned VA, the more structure that you can give them, the better. Because remember, you are working in a virtual environment. So they're taking their cues from you. And Amy, I'll, I'll turn it over to you to talk more about that. But she just she created some structure um, that has really just been phenomenal. And people really love boundaries. I appreciate that, Penny. That's very kind. But yes, I definitely do. I think the structure just, it, in my view, setting up expectations and structure gives everybody more time to focus on the work they really want to be working on. Yeah. If that makes sense. So the more you can eliminate the the guessing and the assumptions and things like that, the better. And Basecamp is a great way to, it's great because you can assign tasks, you can give them deadlines, it can hold files and manuals. It's a great system for getting work done without requiring a ton of email communication too, which I think Mm -hmm. everybody (laughs) listening doesn't necessarily need more email. So using a system like Basecamp or something similar is also really great for that. It keeps your inbox from getting flooded with every thought or question or things like that. It's a great way to communicate. And what's really cool, Penny, they actually have a personal Basecamp platform now for smaller scale projects and personal use. Like the examples they show are if you're setting up a big uh, family vacation and you just need to make sure that you get tickets at this time and follow up with this and that and the third. And I thought, well, that is really brilliant. And you can add multiple people to a personal account, um, which is uh, so I would definitely encourage anybody that is just maybe struggling with uh, with any sort of organization in general, uh, even before they bring on a VA, checking it out and start using it for yourself just to give yourself a little more uh, structure as well. And we mentioned manuals. Um, you know, I definitely recommend creating some some basic how tos for certain things that you know you want done a particular way, or things that you know need to be done on a regular basis. Because you know, as Penny mentioned, it takes some trial and error to find the right person to work with you. You have to expect that the first person that you bring on probably there's a good chance they won't work out because you're still learning what you need as well. But having a system like Basecamp and having a few manuals, a few simple how-tos, honestly makes it so much easier to test people out and potentially have to part ways with them and bring somebody new in without feeling like you're starting over from scratch every time. Because when you're trying to find new people to be on your team, sometimes it can feel like Groundhog Day a little bit. No, that's absolutely true. And I just want to interject again that Amy created our manuals at this point in the podcast. People are like, Penny, what do you even do? Um, but oh, <laughs> um, but but the manuals, and you know, some of the manuals are a paragraph. I mean, they, they we're not talking about manuals that are that are creating another book. Keep in mind that part of the reason that we like these manuals that even though you are so let's say you hire, you bring on a VA and you want them to update your Goodreads account because you don't know anything about Goodreads 
and they do, and they're going to handle all your social media. So I'm not suggesting that you create a manual for that, because obviously that's not something that you know, but you might create a manual for your brand, right? So um, the types of fonts you use, um, where they can find your images, all of these kinds of details that are going to help them to stay within the parameters of, you know, how, what your look and how you want, how you want to be represented out there. And that's just an example of where you might create, but we have, we have, I mean, we have dozens and dozens of manuals um, and they very, very much come in handy. And like I said, some are longer, but most are just a half a page. Right. Exactly. And I love your self-deprecating humor, Penny, because everybody listening is going, uh, yeah, we didn't even know there was an Amy. We basically showed up to this party because ah! of Penny. So <laughs> <laughs> you're very nice to give me that boost. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. But yeah, truly any VA that comes on board, whether they're semi-new at this, but really have the skill set or they've been doing this forever is going to appreciate the structure. And honestly, they're going to be able to get to work and start helping you much faster if you have expectations in place when they sign on. Right, exactly. And, you know, the just not to belabor the, the structure piece of it, but we have a VA right now who is fabulous and no, you're not allowed to hire her because like... <laughs> <laughs> now we just now, now we become greedy and like no you're not getting your information but she was fairly new at being a VA um she's done some other sort of things previously but she had such a great resume that we decided to to bring her on and the structure in this case really helped her i think keep her to know what how we work and what we do and and so it's not always just about hiring somebody who's been been a VA for 30 years, it could also be that you're, you know, bringing in somebody new who is full of great potential, but the manuals help to, to keep them, um, you know, to just to, to keep them within their, within their parameters. And, and the other piece of this is, is that if you don't have things organized or in some format that a VA can work with, it's never going to be a great experience. And this is how you lose really good people. So this is an example of if we just threw a bunch of things at this new VA that we hired, um, it would never have lasted. And that's really a shame because she's phenomenal. Um, and, and working in a virtual environment, and I mentioned previously, really adds another layer to working together. Most of the time, in almost every case, I would say 90% of the authors that we work with have at some point had jobs where they actually go into an office, like most of us, right? Before, right. you know, 2020. So, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time, but 2020 changed things for a lot of people. But that does add another layer to um, the issues that sometimes you can face, uh, you know, working virtually and not being in, in the same room to show somebody how you like things done or a particular way that you like to work. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. And then the next thing I know everybody's probably curious about this penny and you have you are definitely the one that has had a lot more experience with the how how you work with the VA in regards to payment, pay structure, what the expectations are. Uh and you kind of alluded to that earlier about, you know, some of them work monthly. Um, do you want to give everybody a little more insight into that part of it? Since that's such an important, you know, everybody wants to get paid. So let's, let's not, let's, yeah. not dance, let's not dance around that aspect of this as well. Well, and I think it's a really good, I think it's a really good, this is a, at, at the onset is a really good time to ask about how they like to get paid because VA's rates range 
depending on specialties. So they can go from, I've had virtual assistants that want $15 an hour, which I think is really low for a good virtual assistant, up to 25 and up to 45 if they're really specialized in, let's say, website updates or social media. Um, a, a lot of VAs like to get paid monthly. So you buy one month or more, and then you get X number of hours. So you may start with 10 hours or 20 hours. But one thing that I'd recommend that you do is ask if the hours roll over. So if you have to buy a month, so if they say, well, look, this is how I work. You have to get a month. Ask if the, the hours roll over. That's kind of important because I mean, if you don't use them up, do you lose them? And I've had virtual assistants, none that I've hired, but I've had virtual assistants say, yes, that's absolutely how they work. And I don't find that to be very, I, I don't I don't think that's very beneficial in any, I mean, you may know that every month you're going to use up your 20 hours, but what if one month something happens or you go on vacation and you're not sending them as much work and you're paying 20 hours for hours that you've essentially lost, right? So it's also worth asking if they are a business, um, meaning that they, they are expecting to be an independent contractor. And this is where I'm going to guide you to speak to your tax person because- right. Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. Because if you have an independent contractor, you're going to have to 1099 them in January, quote unquote, at the end of the year. Um, but again, my disclaimer is talk to your tax, tax person because most VAs who have done this for a while are already set up to be independent contractors and have a business license. And, and I'll tell you something, this is a telltale sign for virtual assistants. When you bring in a virtual assistant, you are hiring a business to do something that you cannot do. It's just like hiring an accountant, Right. If the virtual assistant, if the VA that you're interviewing says, when you ask them if they're, they have a business license and that they're set up as an independent contractor and they don't really know what you're talking about, that's the time to go run and hide. Most, most virtual assistants know terminology. They have a business. They are legitimately set up. And it's not that you necessarily care whether they're legit or not, but then when it comes to paying them, and how they're set up, it does matter to your taxes. And again, disclaimer, check with your tax guy. <laughs> no, I think that's a really good point. You know, know how they're structured as a business. Mm -hmm. And I think another really important, just in the interview process before you start working, we've hit on this, so I won't, I won't hammer it again, but make sure you understand how they work or be very clear if there are very um, specific ways that you want to communicate. So, you know, before you bring, bring them on, say, are you good with checking in every two business days? Or are you good sending me a wrap up at the end of the week? Or how do you typically keep me updated on your work? And just know that you're in sync on that part too, because that is such a huge part of it. I think we all know that when you're waiting on something, anything, a day seems like a week, a week yeah. seems like a month, you know? So <laughs> don't, don't underestimate the importance of that communication element too, and making sure you're both going into it with the same expectations and Penny, what are your thoughts on references? Do you think those are, uh, it's fair to ask for references and are there any, you know, grain of salt tips that we can give them? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can definitely ask to speak to other clients, but keep in mind that if you're asking for references, job references or whatever, you know, whatever it is, most, most VAs, even if they're not very good, are going to have references they're, they're going to have somebody, even if it's, even if they're asking their uncle Sally to pretend that they did you know, that they were, you know, that they pretend that I was, you know, that you were my client for three years or something. Um, but you can certainly ask for them. I would also ask for work samples. And if you need help managing your website, asking, ask for websites that they've worked on. If you need help managing your Amazon account, ask them for a list of other authors that they've worked with managing their Amazon accounts. 
And again, this is why we said at the onset, be specific about what you need, right? So pick like three to five things that you know you need help with because you're going to want to ask them for specific examples. And part of the reason for this is you really don't want people learning on your dime, okay? So, well, I've never really done websites, but I used to use front page and I mentioned front page for those of you who want to take your DeLorean and go back in time. (laughs) Um, because front page was like really big and I don't know, the nineties or something. Um, and you know, and, and if somebody's like, it, it, I used to use front page. I mean, this is another weird admission, but I used to use front page for our website. There's no way that I could do what our website person does. So they need to have current valid experience. And that's where you really want to get specific in terms of what, what their, what your needs are. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I would encourage our listeners just knowing, knowing who is tuning into the podcast to start with author VAs specifically when you start Mm -hmm. interviewing people, just start there at least, because unless you're an author that's been doing this a while and you're totally comfortable with all the author specific things, this industry is really unique in a lot of ways. Um, And we deal with that all the time, you know, so having that kind of next level support with somebody that understands the author experience and the kind of platforms authors are using, you know, Penny mentioned getting help with your Amazon account, things like that mm-hmm. is really important because honestly, you can have a, just somebody that's really smart with calendar management and even with your website and things like that. But if they can't help you with any of the author related stuff, you're still going to have some holes to fill there. So you really need to gauge again, back to know what you need and make sure you start looking for a pool of people to talk to that that are already, you know, predisposed to having those kind of skills. Yeah, exactly. And and it, it is so so accurate because we got so many resumes. Um, so we posted some resumes on Indeed, and I I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a catch twenty two. We got a whole bunch of resumes. I would say maybe ninety nine percent of them were not had no appropriate qualifications. And, you know, we get it. People need jobs. Maybe like we talked about earlier, they want to venture into into the virtual environment, but you really want to bring somebody on who is qualified to do what you need them to do or to fill in your gaps of knowledge. Right. Absolutely. And I just want to remind everybody listening, we wanted to address this because a VA should be a consideration. It's a long-term success sort of Mm -hmm. a thing. You know, we have a lot of clients that get really inspired and sometimes a little overwhelmed (laughs) by how much they learn from their experience with working with us and about how many possibilities there are for their brand going forward. And that's typically when we start telling them, you know, you should probably maybe consider interviewing some VAs because once you start learning more about what is out there and what you could potentially be doing as an author to find more readers and how to enhance your brand, you know, having that VA there with you on again, on the day-to-day things um, can be really, really valuable. And again, as Penny said, and as we, you know, started the show off with, it gives you more time to write and do things that, you know, we hear from authors all the time that say, I just really want to spend more time writing. That's why I need help. (laughs) It's like, we get it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I will say just to that end, I mean, I think that you really want to... the decision that I made to finally hire an accountant, this was way early on in my career. It was really hard for me to let my accounting go. Cause it's very, you know, I mean, it's about money and it's, you know, who you bring in and all this other stuff. Um, but when I let that go and when I finally hired somebody to do my accounting, 
um, the business blossomed because I was able to focus on the things that I was really good at as opposed to like, oh my gosh, I have to go back and do math again, which is not my strong suit. So part of the reason why we really wanted to do this show is yes, you want to have more time to do writing, but you also want to have more time to do some of the other things that you love doing. And maybe that's doing events or speaking or, you know, getting out there and getting some more reviews for your book or whatever. Hiring a good VA will really, really help to, to speed that up. And I just want to close out by saying a couple of sites I would recommend that you look at if you want to post a resume. One is bookjobs.com. And the other one that we did that we've used before is hire my mom, hire my mom. There's a fee attached to it, but we've gotten some, we've gotten some pretty good resumes off both of those sites. So I want to thank you all again so much for tuning in. This is Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell. We love reviews. We love show ideas. Send them our way. This was the book marketing tips and author success podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye.